0: I skipped over a large portion. If you uh, remember where we were last week, <laughs> we jumped uh, quite a bit of Exodus. And I said I was going to do that. Uh, the, uh, the chapters prior to this are the instruction God gives to Moses. And, and I'm not belittling that. I am um, just felt this is what the Lord would have me to do. I want to look at what is going on in Israel and uh as as Moses is up on the mountain and uh, and God is speaking to him we 're going to see what goes on and, and i 'm sure most of you know this story. I want to look at just two things here tonight the the um, the people and their their um, response to Moses' being up on the mountain for a while, and then moses 's intent for the people is is his love for the people of Israel, and, and uh, I'm challenged by both as I, as I look at this passage. And so, uh, we're going to read the entire chapter, chapter 30, and then we're going to go back and uh, read part of, probably all of chapter 24. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna do a little reading here tonight, um, but I want to uh, take in the whole picture not chapter 30, I can't read, it's chapter 32, I knew that didn't look right, I wrote 32, I've been, uh, I'm getting old, getting old, the heat, yeah, the heat, age, you know, I'm referring to guys in their middle 20s as young men, that makes me old, (laughs) all right, Chapter 32. And you know what I actually want to do. I'm going to change my mind again. We are going to go to chapter 24 first. Bear with me. We'll, we'll get this tonight. And we're going to read chapter 24 first. I do want to get this setting to begin with. Um, and then we will read what goes on there with the people as they make the golden calf. Chapter twenty-four, and he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. So they, Moses has been up on the mountain once. He came back down, and the Lord says, Come back up. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh. Neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord. And all the judgments and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord hath said we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they said, All that the Lord hath said we will do and be obedient. Now this is important. I wanted to bring this out. Um, as, as he's down and he's talking to them, the people of Israel said, We're going to be obedient. Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the seventy of the the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. Upon the nobles of the children of Israel he laid not his hand, also they saw God, and did eat and drink. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount, and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone, and a law, and commandments which I have written, that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up, and his minister Joshua, and Moses went up into the mount of God, and he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us, until we come again, until you come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur, and Are with you. If any men have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount, and the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And seventh day, He called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And in the sight of the glory of the Lord was like, and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount. In the eyes of the children of Israel, and Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount. 40 days and 40 nights. So, uh, we see what the people pledged. All right, God gave them a command. They said, all that you have said, we will do. We're going to serve you, Lord. They made a commitment unto God. Now, Moses is in the mount, 40 days and 40 nights, and that brings us to chapter 32. So I am skipping over a lot, but we'll, we'll see what goes on here. In verse in chapter 32. Let's have a word of prayer. And uh, we'll read this in sections uh, and uh, look through this passage of Scripture. Father, thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence with us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the service this morning. Father, it is a, glory, it is a, it is a gloriful, glorious thing to see you work. It's an amazing thing to see your power, and I praise you for it. Father, I ask that tonight you would work in each life through your word, that you'd move, you would move on each one, Father, that we would be tender to the Spirit and responsive as, as you speak to us tonight. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, so we see the people are impatient. I want to read verse 1 through 10 here. Um, And uh, you'll see what goes on. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up make us gods which shall go before us, as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we what not what has become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. (laughs) We we read this story and we shake our heads. It's an amazing thing. A couple chapters back, so 40 days ago, Israel made this proclamation. All that God has said we will do. We're going to be obedient. We're going to obey Him and follow Him. And... You come to verse 1, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come out of the mount, the people got impatient. They, they started looking around and they were thinking, what are we doing out here in this wilderness? Why, why did Moses bring us out here? Imagine this time. I, I've, I've thought about it quite a bit this week, considering what Israel was doing for 40 days as they sat and waited. What they should have been doing was worshiping the Lord. They should have been focusing on Him. But as, as they sat there, going about their daily lives for 40 days, thinking, where is Moses? And I, and I read this story, and, I, and I'm quick to condemn Israel. But as I read it, I'm also thinking this week, what, what would I do? What would I do in that situation? Now, I honestly don't think I would worship a calf. Uh, Worshipping an idol to me is just strange. But, what would I do if I was in their shoes and I was sitting there for 40 days? I want to judge them, but I know that in my own flesh I get very impatient. You know, he went up to, the get, the, he went up to get the law from God. Why hasn't he come back down? God was going to write this and give it, give it to him. Where is he now? Why haven't we heard from him? wonder if after... 30-some-odd days, they start talking around the camp. Is he still alive up there? Did he die up on top of the mountain? What's going on here? And and I... I, Maybe this week I got a little more of a heart for the people of Israel. I I don't know what it was. I was considering it, and, and I'm not so quick to judge them now, because I understand if I was in the same situation, what would I do? What would I do? We're, we're so quick when things aren't going right to try to figure out a solution. We're so fast that when, we, when we're praying about something, we're asking God to move in some way, or we, we're seeking Him, and as you see in Psalms, sometimes it's, there's, there's dry spells. Maybe we're seeking Him, and we're not finding what we want. Things aren't moving as, they, as we think they should be moving. And so we start seeking other alternative routes. What, what am I going to do now to make this happen? And this is, a, this is what Israel did. It wasn't that they just completely rejected God. They just took things into their own hands and said, well, we're going to do something because this isn't going as we thought. They got impatient and they stepped away from serving the Lord. I, I know in my own life I've done it many times. Psalms chapter 25, 5. Please don't get me wrong, I'm not excusing what they did. What they did was exceedingly wicked. God's response shows that. And we'll look at a couple things that um, it says in the chapter about their actions. But Psalms 25.5, if I can can live my life this way, and be patient, I I started a little bit of a word study on the word wait as I was considering this, being patient, uh, not willing to wait on God. This says, Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. That speaks of patience. On thee do I wait all the day. You know what, Lord, I'm going to allow... I'm gonna, uh, that's, that's a silly thing to say, but that's the way we think. It's not that I allow God to do anything. God is... Sovereign and infinitely powerful. In my life, I surrender to His timing. Okay, so if I'm just going to say I'm going to wait all the day, then I say, Lord, I accept it. However you do it, in your timing, I'm not going to get out ahead of you. I'm not going to get impatient. I'm going to seek your face. And I will wait on you all the day. That's what he says here. Psalms 59, verse 9. Psalms 59, 9. Because of his strength, I will wait upon thee. For God is my defense. He's talking about his enemies here. Uh, The strength of the enemy. But thou, O Lord, shall laugh at them. Verse 8, they shall have all the heathen in derision. Because of his strength. That is a small h. So they're actually speaking of the enemy here. Because of the strength of the enemy, I'm going to wait on the Lord. God is my refuge. I know that if I step outside of His will, if I step outside of following Him, I'm immediately going to fail. The enemy is going to overcome me. If I take things into my own hands, I cannot succeed. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 26 Let's start in verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. You know what? If Israel would have just stopped and quietly waited... For the salvation of the Lord. Who knows what the result may have been. As Israel came off of the mountain, if they would have been worshiping the Lord, just quietly waiting. It's a good statement. We all need to consider that every day of our life. Am I stopping and just quietly waiting on the Lord? When I don't understand what's going on, when I, when I feel like things need to be moving and they're not, do I stop and quietly Wait. Or do I rail on him? Do I, do I get impatient and take things into my own hands? The people are impatient and, and they start pressuring Aaron. And it, it amazes me. Now Aaron starts complaining at the end that they made him do this. But two through six, Aaron immediately gave into the pressure. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the earrings which are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them unto me. He immediately responded and said, "Listen, give me the gold. I'll, I'll, I'll do what you ask." Verse six, and he, or verse five, and when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. "Tomorrow is a feast unto the Lord," he said. Aaron knew that what he was doing was wrong. Aaron didn't do this in ignorance. Yet he gave in to the pressure. He immediately fell. It's easy to judge Aaron too, isn't it? Easy to shake my finger at him and say what's wrong with you? You you were the you were the spokesperson of the leader. You had a you had power and authority. You you you're you're their mediator between them and Moses. How could you do this? And add, how often do we cave? I don't know the situation, but there's pressures in our lives all the time to shut up about the Lord, right? We have opportunity to, to, to stand up for Him, to be a witness. How often do we cave into pressure on that? How often do we cave into pressure and allow our co-workers to get us to do things we should not do? I don't know what it is, but we can judge Aaron if we want. We just need to be very careful that we don't do it to themselves. Now what Aaron did in verse 21 through 25 is, is uh, amazing. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, "Let not the anger of my lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief." Starts making excuses for himself. And they said unto me, "Make us gods which shall go before us. And as for this Moses, the man that thou brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we what not is, or we what not what is become of him?" And I said unto them, "Whosoever hath any gold, let him break it off." So they gave it to me. Then I cast it into the fire, and there came out a calf. That one's always funny to me. <clears throat> Nobody believed that, right? And there came out a calf. Just It was magic. And when Moses saw the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked under their shame among their enemies. He made excuses for, for this calf. They forced me to make this calf. But it says here that, Mo, that Aaron made them naked before their enemies. They were... They were I don't know exactly what all the actions were, but their shame, that's what that means, was before all of their enemies. This was a people that walked out of Egypt, and, and God showed His power in every step, so that the world would know God was their, uh, He was their God, He was their leader. They followed Him. The world was getting a picture that Israel was obeying Almighty God. And now, because of Aaron's actions, Aaron shows their shame before all the people, all of their enemies. Know of what's going on. Why? Because Mo- Aaron would not stand up against the people. Because he caved into some peer pressure, the testimony of Israel was uh, harmed that day. It brought shame upon the people of Israel. It's an amazing thing to me. And, and it's a warning to all of us. Listen... Our testimony never stops. Never stops. Every time you're around someone, as, uh, and when you're around an unsaved person that knows you're a Christian, they're watching you. Waiting for you to stumble. Waiting for you to do something. Waiting for you to complain. Waiting for you to say something you shouldn't say. They try to trip us on every turn. I've been there enough. I... I, I I worked around some very rough crowds. When I was an iron worker, it was was some hard men that I worked with on a day-by-day basis. And their goal for five years was to cause me to trip. Their goal was to get me to ruin my testimony before them. Aaron took the people and he ruined their testimony before all of their enemies because he did not have the backbone to stand up for what's right. He could have stopped it. Had he rebuked the people, he could have stopped the actions that were going on. Now God is very angry. Verse 7-10, through we read it, and he said, I'm going to take these people, and I'm going to destroy them. They're a stiff-necked people. They're rebellious. They're hard-headed. They're set on doing wrong. Verse 10, Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. God is ready to destroy the people. God is going to start over with Moses. <laughs> Let me start over with you. And and Moses comes back and has a counterpoint with the Lord. Now, I, I don't like to say he argued with the Lord, but he went and he threw himself at the feet of the Lord. He begged for mercy for his people. Moses shows his his intent for the people in verse 11 through verse 35. And verse 11 says, And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath, and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidst unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he brought, or thought, to do unto his people. That's a cra- it's hard to even wrap your mind around what just went on here. God tells Moses, I'm getting ready to destroy him. I'm going to wipe him off the face of the earth. This is a redo. We're going to start over with you. Moses, the meekest man on earth, God God loved Moses. He chose him, and, and Moses was a very godly man. And God says, I'll just start over with you. And Moses, it almost looks like he rebuked God here. Now we know he cannot and did not rebuke God. But he went back and started using the Word of God in his prayer. He got down before the Lord and started praying unto the Lord, said, this is what you said. This is the promises that you've made. Now, was God really going to destroy Israel? I don't believe they were going to be destroyed because God is sovereign and knew what Moses was going to do. But he was giving Moses an opportunity here to stand between the people and himself. Is giving Moses an opportunity to stand up and be the leader that he was, and also a picture uh, for us of Christ, our intercessor. I wonder how many times God's anger has waxed hot against us. He said, all right, I'm done with that individual. I'm going to destroy that sinner. He just keeps uh, mocking my name. He's failed me again and again and again. And Jesus stands up and says, my blood paid for that man. I intercede for him. I, I'm, I'm standing between for you. He's a, he's a great picture of Jesus for us. But he, Moses entreated for the people of God that he would have, so they would not destroy him. I wanted to think about one other thing in this, this part of the Scripture. is He had power in his prayer. He had power in his prayer. As he stood before God, it says, God repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. God changed his mind. God wasn't sinning. He cannot sin. He changed his mind and gave the people a reprieve because of the power in Moses' prayer. Consider that. We have the power. We can change the destiny of our families. We can change the destiny of our country. We can pray for countries that are closed. Mr. Martin was always talking about this he he got he firmly believed and, and and he saw it happen that god would open up people groups god would open up parts of the world to the gospel because of one person getting down on their knees and being earnest about their prayer the 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 effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much i wonder what that availeth much really means can we can we understand the the power available there moses got down and said lord don't don't destroy my people and God repented himself of it we can we can have some power in our prayer if only we would trust him Matthew 17 Matthew 17 20 and 21 another familiar passage Jesus said unto them because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you if ye have the faith or if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed ye shall say unto this mountain remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting you have faith as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And we, and we talk about this all the time, what that must be. Uh, the, the power that is available in prayer. But he says in verse 21, This goeth out, this evil spirit, this, this power of God is available by prayer and by fasting. Moses was intent on his prayer. Moses was, was trusting God in his prayer and he was fervent in it we think we think this this is is uh, most of the time we read this verse is it's hyperbole right it's it's just a concept okay i'm not going to really pray that a mountain is thrown into the ocean haha it's kind of a cool thing to think about and that's how we read this verse but what about a closed country what about a lost family member what about, what about Wichita Falls? Or the United States? We see it as a lost cause. Our morals have just hit a free fall in America. Our society is on a free fall in America. We've turned our back on Him and, and we're running away from Him as fast as we can. And we see it as impossible. Yet this says, Nothing shall be impossible unto you. If I'm willing... To spend time in prayer and fasting. If I have faith as a mustard seed, a little bitty, tiny thing, and I'm willing to get down and pray and fast. Steve, Steve Sharp, and I were talking about it here a while back on a Thursday night, two weeks ago, I believe it was. How often do we fast? How often do we really get serious with the Lord in our prayer? You know, the, the churches in New Testament, they, they fasted together. They fasted together. They prayed together. They spent time on their knees together, seeking God's face in issues. And they saw the power of God. It's an amazing thing there in Acts to see that first church. 3,000 souls were added unto the church in one day. But it says daily souls were added unto the church. Daily It wasn't just this one bolt of lightning, an amazing thing to see 3,000 souls added in one day. If that happened in Wichita Falls, nobody around here would believe it. They would say we inflated our numbers. And if people were daily added to the church, we wouldn't believe it. Why? Why? And I'm, and I'm talking about myself this morning because we're not like Moses in that we just get down on our knees and trust God to do what He says He will do. Am I willing to spend time in prayer and in fasting? If we have an issue in the church, are we willing to corporately fast? Spend some time seeking God's face, asking for power in our lives from Him? Nothing is impossible unto us, and we, and we can keep on saying it and saying it and saying it. We can say, "I believe this verse." The grain of this must- faith is a grain of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Yet, if I'm not willing to get down on my knees and pray, if I'm not willing to spend some time fasting and seeking His face, I don't really believe it. I don't really desire to see it either. Moses loved his people, and the thought of them being destroyed, he could have thought, okay, that'd be kind of cool, I can be the father of this nation. I can be set up in the place of Abraham. <laughs> they look at him as their father of their nation, and rightfully so. That's where God started. Moses could have thought that, but Moses loved his people, and he fell down on his knees, and he, and he prayed, and he, he saved his people that day. He he changed the Lord's mind. We'll read on through the rest of the chapter tonight. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain. The two tables of the testimony were in his hands. The tables were written on both their sides. On one, on the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God. And the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. I would like to see that. That had to have been incredible looking. God wrote upon it. That's no calligrapher could ever do anything like that. And when Joshua heard the voice of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There's a noise of war in the camp. And he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither it is the voice of them that cry for, for, uh, for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. And it came to pass as soon as it came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot. And he cast the tables out of his hand and brake them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, Make us, uh, make us gods which shall go before us as for, for as... For this Moses, the people that brought I need to slow down, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we what not what is become of him. And I said unto them, Whatsoever or whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me, then I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies, Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about three thousand men." For Moses had said, Consecrate yourself today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto his people, Ye have sinned a great sin. Now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure I shall make atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, O oh, this people have sinned a great sin, and have made them gods of gold. Now, Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sins, and if not... Blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And Moses and the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Where, therefore now go, lead the people unto the place of which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, mine angels shall go before thee. Nevertheless, in that day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people, because they made the calf which Aaron made. A sobering story as you read on through here. God didn't destroy the people, but He did judge their sin. He judged them very severely. 3,000 men died that day, and the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf. I wanted to read, just bring out this part tonight, and, uh, and we will be done. And when Moses went before the people, Moses returned unto the Lord, verse 31, and said, O oh, this people have sinned a great sin, and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin... And if not, blot blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. He is a picture of Christ, but he is also an example for us. What an amazing statement right there. Will you forgive their sin? If not, take my name out of the book. I'm going to go ahead and die in their place. His love for the people was so that he not only went before God in the first part of the chapter and God repented changed his mind of destroying the people but he went to them and said i love them this much i'm going i'm willing to die for them not just this physical death but eternal he had a love for his people i wonder if we have that mind towards others do you have compassion for the lost Every time I read the book, every time I get into these stories, I read even in the Old Testament, it brings me back to having compassion on people. He stood in the place, he was an example of us, or a picture for us of Christ. But you can stand in the gap for others as well. Do you care enough to say, Lord, use me? Lord, move in this time, and and Lord, I will sacrifice whatever it takes to see you work. The people were impatient because they didn't see God do things quickly enough, and so they made mistakes. Moses was trusting God and fell down before Him. We have compassion today. Let's pray. Father, thank You for loving us. Thank You, Lord, for Your Word again tonight. Lord, I, I know that... Uh, Many times we we want to see things happen on our timetable. We want to see things right now. And Lord, you Your your way is best and, and it is right. And Lord, help us to trust You in that. Father, help us to wait on You all the day long, as the Bible says, for You are our strength. Lord, help us to be as Moses was for the lost, for to trust You, Lord, to know that Your power is infinite. And Lord, that You can do mighty things if we will... T- if we'll get down on our knees before You. Father, we need to see Your Spirit work in our church. We need to see Your Spirit work in our community. Lord, we ask for a a revival in our own lives. And Lord, just Your power in this church. And we'll thank You for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You are dismissed.